What's good, everybody? In this episode of the Total Media Podcast, we have Sajal Mittal with us. He's an investment banking manager at Access Capital. He's an avid gamer. He's also an alumni of my college, NMIMS University. So, Sajal, how are you this morning? I'm doing great, Arjun. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. So, Sajal, can you just... uh you know let's let's just kick off by you know the default first question that is asked in every interview of a successful person so can you tell me about your journey everything that you know what drove you into finance and you becoming a successful finance professional that you currently are like everything from the start till the end so sajal you can go yeah uh well i'm not so sure about that entire successful finance professional part but i'll try and do my best uh, so it's a little strange um, as you know from our university we have the five year program and then we have a long internship so i actually did my internship in the marketing department before that i was very keen on pursuing an opportunity in marketing but i guess as fate would have it it so happened that the marketing opportunity was at bnp paribas which is a leading global bank and it was part of their asset management division and while i was working over there i got the exposure to finance and uh, i asked for a switch from the marketing team to the sales team to understand a little more about financial sales institutional sales and that's really where i started realizing that i enjoy finance more than marketing so always i think you know you got to keep yourself open uh to experiences because you never know what you like today whether you like it 5 years from now 10 years from now so keep an eye out see talk to more people so that's how i got into finance and then i was quite uh, concerned that whether i'd get a placement or not because i didn't have any finance background so a lot of the students who were very very keen on finance and they had built up their resumes and so forth from the first year they'd done internships which were very targeted to the kind of profiles they wanted and i kind of was you know shooting in the dark uh but luckily um i would say over here what really made a difference was doing something knowingly i was i walked into finance with my eyes very much open right i knew what it was like uh because i had been i'd seen it from the outside in and then i pursued it with a passion and that i think reflected in all of my subsequent interviews and opportunities that i've had and i think that is a major point so whatever you're trying to do if you have the passion for it it will reflect in in uh, in your conversations and with the people you're working with very well said sajal i must say you know you mentioned about passion and you know the drive that you had that actually drove you towards you know pursuing finance as a career even though you didn't have a formal financial i mean finance related education right and uh, i am guessing that you chose your major like that we have in our course you chose your management major as marketing right no so since we chose choose it after the internship mm-hmm. uh, i chose finance but my uh, placement took place before any of the um subjects actually started so i had about two months of self taught financial <laughs> knowledge <laughs> yeah knowledge from the internship and you learned it through courses and i guess books and stuff like that yeah right? something similar, yeah yeah that's great man that's great also just just to you know just to uh, get into that learning aspect right so according uh, see i personally you know i started to read about finance one year back right you know where there was uh, this lockdown and you know the, you know you, you see these instagram you know uh, influencers you know talking about personal finance you see tanmay bhat right he's doing great a great job with honestly by tanmay bhat so i mean i started to read and i i saw these terms that they use right and with all due respect to you know all the bankers and all the people who are working in the financial services they use these terms and uh, i mean it's 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 a bit tough to actually learn all of them or understand all of them so how did you go about it you know given that you didn't have any uh, knowledge so what what resources did you use or how did you you know learn uh, every bit of it i think we use the jargon to make ourselves either sound smarter or um, 
you know just because our lives are so boring so definitely that is a challenge uh and after a few uh, years in this profession you'll start speaking like that which is another thing that makes you sound very dorky at parties but uh, the way to go about it i think is is to really relate it to something you already know so you know i always think about this uh, it's such a chore for people to read the newspaper you know uh, they say oh god it's so boring or uh, you know to to do something uh, academic but at the same time every day you are processing so much information whether you think about it or not you know you're looking at your social media handles you're keeping abreast with the things you enjoy whether those are movies or music or sports or gaming or whatever it is and sooner or later if you're able to relate that because at the back of all of these things you know the movie movies are a big business gaming is a big business sports are a huge business and are you able to relate that and soon you'll be able to start connecting the dots and once you're able to bring it down to some common sense based thought processes then the jargons you'll be able to see through them or you'll be able to at least anticipate what they mean because uh yeah you're absolutely right it's made to sound much more technical than it is but as long as you're able to relate it to something you already know uh it works out better that way yeah you you mentioned you know again you know something that you actually like right you you in every answer till now you've <laughs> mentioned that something that you like you know you can actually can you actually relate to it so yeah perfect answer sajal and and i must say your story is absolutely mind boggling right you know given that uh, you know you uh, i mean you, you had no prior experience or you know you didn't actually choose finance as your career initially and okay you know the picture that we see now guys is just the output of the indefatigable work ethic and the many challenges that were overcome by him so could you tell me some challenges faced by you during your journey and how did you tackle them i mean you've mentioned some so if you could just stress on that a bit more sure so first first i just you know digress a little bit and talk about work ethic i think it stems from the fact whether or not you're doing what you enjoy doing and once again you know this is feeding into the same thing the olympics are going on right now and the work ethic of these athletes is remarkable it's spectacular it but for them they don't really think about it as work and they don't think about it as uh, a something that is you know a drudgery they are professional athletes yes but beyond that they're doing something they're very passionate about they're looking at a very clear goal of trying to you know perform at the very highest levels and be successful over there and whatever it takes you know years of preparation from sometimes very early in their childhood they're able to do that uh similarly when we talk about our work ethics right if you if you're working see i'm i'm able to play 12 13 hours a day when i'm free or used to be free at least in college of games without ever thinking i'm getting tired and you put me in the same situation at office and i'm like oh i don't want to do so much work you know 3 hours i need a break now i need to go or something like that but why does that happen we're still the same person we're just not in the flow at work uh so it's very important that you get in the flow because come on you only have one life right do you really want to waste it doing something you're not interested in and more more often than now than ever we have more opportunities available to pursue different different fields i'm really really amazed at the number of fields which are picking up now uh there used to be you know only a few let's say 30 years ago that were socially or economically viable and now you can really make a big deal of a lot of things so really glad that that's the direction it's going in if i come to the challenges that i faced so one of one of the major ones was of course you know getting that financial knowledge it's a very small community um of investment bankers in the country and uh, i think that that happens at in whatever field in whatever uh profession you're in it will be uh tough to break in initially right and having to do that required not only being very very crisp at what you know and also knowing what you don't know and being comfortable with the fact that you don't know everything but also networking plays a big role 
So I think the biggest challenge was breaking in. Uh, once you are inside, it's it's uh, it gets a little bit easier. You you uh, you you learn on the job. Of course, it's a it's a steep learning curve, uh, but but you continue to learn, and at least you know that if you're able to maintain a certain standard, you will survive. Okay, that's that's a great answer, Sajal, and like I'm I'm really you know. uh gobsmacked by you know you overcoming all these challenges so um also like uh, you you mentioned you know about you breaking in and uh, when did you break in what what year was like i got an opportunity from college for to join barclays in 2018 so so in a way you could say that this is why most people prefer to go to uh universities which are reputable because it makes that breaking in part much easier and uh, nmims is not right there at the top but uh, definitely it did open some doors and uh, how then you leverage on those doors is up to you yeah you you're right you know being from a good university does help you know so um also you know uh, you you had a broken in 2018 right so just just wanted to ask you something that is uh, on the you know uh, sidelines so you know about automation right in every industry right so what are your views on automation in investment banking not now i i know that now it's you know all you know excel and people are actually doing work right so what are your views on automation in the future in investment banking will banks actually banks being too traditional right so they don't take the new technology uh, so easily so gradually down the line in the future would banks be considering automation in the investment banking industry a b so what new skills according to you are needed to make it into investment banking up uh, then like would be needed then or now if if it is prevalent now so yeah sure that was yeah so i think first off i'd like to like make a little split and this is something i realized once i entered the industry and i think this is once more just a part that <laughs> there's too many jargons so you don't realize within investment banks there's usually three or four departments right one is the private markets team which deals with uh companies uh mergers and acquisitions fundraises uh deals and so forth and then there's the public markets team and these guys um are generally what you'll see uh in tv or movie adaptations which are you know your traders your uh, market makers uh structuring units and so forth and between these two there's a world of difference in what skill sets you need so if i talk about the public markets team right there's a lot of technology and in fact banks have been at the cutting edge of technology right from the beginning uh you can think back to 1970s or 80s when forex trading used to take place uh, manually and now it's all automated most of the market making is automated we even have high frequency algorithmic trading and so forth and they continue to try and execute at a faster and cheaper rate versus each other for their clients and also generate more returns on the same assets using technology on the other side on the private market deal side the technology hasn't picked up to the same level and a bit of that has to do with the fact that the skill sets needed are very different so on the what is the traditionally the investment banking teams which which are the deal teams it's it's very relationship driven and uh, wherever something is extremely relationship driven it's difficult to automate because the work is not uh, repetitive and it is not uh, something that a machine can do easily yeah well said uh, sajal and i i feel you know so this was one of the questions asked by my uh, aiml enthusiast friend so i hope your question is answered um so also okay step in over there like there's a lot of artificial intelligence and machine learning and those same skill sets extremely high demand for those if you are a quant and you are able to successfully demonstrate an ability to generate alpha or reduce transaction costs there's nothing like that 
uh, working with technology is something that banks are always very keen on and there's a wealth of opportunities out there for people who have that kind of skill set that's very well answered sajal and i totally agree to it um so you you're also mentioned many times about you being a gaming fanatic yeah uh, i mean you mentioned in one of the answers so what was the first game that you played ever right and uh, what what made you fall in love with you know gaming as a whole all right first game all right now this is it's been a very long time i think i started gaming when i was 4 or 5 years old some of my earliest memories are of that i believe i was maybe it was the snes it was back in the time when you had to blow into the cartridge and plug it in i don't know if you've played it ever or not so you had excite bike you had mario you had donkey kong you had these old games right you'd be hard pressed to find an emulator for the same now then of course uh, had very early pc so uh, games like dave i don't know if you know dave wolfenstein 3d of course there's a new wolfenstein out now the original doom uh, these 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 are what i i mean i was below 10 definitely and what always i guess interested me about gaming versus other forms of entertainment is the active nature of it right so watching a movie reading a book all very nice but there's a passive element to it you know you're kind of like leaning back sitting and you're watching a story unfold as you're playing a game there's a level of involvement and attachment that doesn't come in the same in in you know in these other things there are decisions and actions that i am taking that are making a difference and that's only getting more and more uh uh more and more i would say involving now games with the breadth and the scope that they're getting into and of course competitive gaming being extremely extremely challenging yeah you you actually you know you actually opened a whole pandora box you know the esports industry it's uh, i read it somewhere in india you know uh, there was a course from byju's they were like uh, you know selling their je courses for i don't know 10k yeah and uh, mortal like i'm pretty sure you've heard of mortal mortal and you know one more gamer you know they were selling their gaming course for 20k and <laughs> no one literally no one was interested in buying the <laughs> je courses and everybody is shifting into gaming right it's it's going to be the next big thing for india for sure so definitely yeah. if you just like go on the street right or you talk to anyone which which person aged 10 to 20 in this country has not heard or played of a video game right so they might or might not be watching cartoons or movies or whatever but they are most definitely playing video games i've seen people like huddled around a street corner playing pubg before it was banned or or in the park or so it's what interesting them no one is interested in preparing for je so coming to gaming right uh, for me personally i used to like i enjoy sports more like sports related games you know and also you know call of duty <laughs> that's one game that i love right so uh, what what genre of games do you prefer it's changed across my life uh, i think with the time and energy i have so uh starting off i was uh, um india didn't have great internet connection right this is definitely something which has picked up in the last 5 years so multiplayer games were out of the picture so i was interested in single player games i played a lot of age of empires when i was young um uh story driven games like grand theft auto and so forth games which basically didn't require internet connection at all because you know mummy phone uthati and then the internet connection is gone and so forth uh when i got into college by then internet connection had you know started picking up we're talking 2013 ish uh broadband is now stable thankfully you're able to maintain an internet connection so just before that in my 12th and 11th grade uh played a lot of counter strike with with call with school friends uh using hamachi and then uh, got into dota in uh, in college and uh, since then i've been a little more keen on these competitive multiplayer games especially during college so played a lot of it um after college work takes over so you don't have as much time to play these games 
and I'm back to playing. Uh, uh, now, of course, internet is not a problem, but I like playing games. I can play at my own pace. So, uh, and thankfully, money is also not an issue now as much. I can choose to buy the games. Pelito used to be like once a birthday or whatever. So I'll play all the AAA titles and stuff. Even if I don't enjoy them, I'll I'll give it a shot. Because now I also want to like stay abreast with with what each developer is doing, with what's happening and what what are the new uh, things that are taking place in the gaming industry. Because there's always something new uh, happening now. So I'll play whatever I can find now. Ah, uh, that's that's nice, man. That's that's a true gaming enthusiast speaking. Um, so um, okay. Um, so just just coming to the you know whole uh, pandemic situation, right? So just just uh, how has COVID nineteen affected the day to day tasks of an investment banker, right? And if so, how and what are the skills? Uh, what skills are more suitable to keep up with these changes? Frankly, it's not made much of an impact to us. Um, first off, the COVID nineteen impact inversely has been really, really good for professional and for capital market services. Lots of firms have been tapping into the liquidity and looking to raise capital from the public markets. So it's really been a boom year that way. You will be able to see that uh, across the number of IPOs that have taken place in the last, uh, let's say, now twelve to eighteen months. since march 20 um what it has done is uh, working from home is sometimes a little more challenging in our profession because there's a lot of to and fro or small discussions that need to take place it's while you do need to work independently uh team teamwork is extremely important because you'll be reviewing this with your senior members of your team and doing that over a zoom call or a teams call is a little bit difficult sometimes if you were in the office it's it's a little bit easier to just walk over and have that 5 minutes conversation that you need to and here you might need to you know set up a call or something like that and uh, that so the skill sets haven't really changed in and once again within investment banking i would like to say this is this is primarily for primary market teams for the secondary market teams as far as i know for a long period of time they were essential servers workers and working from the office and even now i believe uh, a significant portion of them are working from office just because they need access to the pipelines that connect to the exchanges um but broadly in the secondary market teams the skill sets continue to be the skill sets in demand continue to be your ability to work with technology okay that's uh, that's great sajal so you you mentioned about you know working from home and i had read this recent bloomberg article that called out all the big banks for having 16 hour work days for young analysts right and even calling them on sundays so uh, the pandemic only rubbing wound uh, salt into the wound right so i'm going to divide this whole subject of this questions into two a do you appreciate the banks doing so and why B, how do you personally manage your time as an IB manager? Okay, do I appreciate uh, that banks <laughs> that our teams work so much? Um, I think it's difficult um, to appreciate the long hours, but there's a good reason for it, and that reason tends to be that um, when you are handling these kind of roles. when the pressure is at the level that it is at and when your clients are are in effect placing the fate of their companies and sometimes their dreams and visions in your hand then of course there is going to be a requirement for you to be available to them and to your team at uh, extended hours having said that it's more challenging for our generation i would say because there are a lot of opportunities beyond banking that have the same level of pay or more and the same level of uh, you know uh, learning curve without the requirement to work 16 or 18 hour days so it's a catch 22 situation banks are very aware that this is uh, definitely something that you know is impacting retention it's impacting uh, recruitment it's impacting our ability to uh, get the best talent 
and you can see this that recently i was reading about how the harvard mba classes have been you know uh, where do they go for their first or second careers so the majority of them in the 1970s or 80s used to be investment bankers or consultants and now a large portion of them are joining tech tech driven firms uh provide a whole variety of uh both amazing compensation good work life balance and perks everyone has seen the google offices yaar who doesn't want to go there and have <laughs> their laundry done and what not so uh so that's the challenge but banks are aware of it but like i said it's it's a catch 22 where they aren't clear of what are the next steps we can't uh to put it simply when you are in charge of the deal you will appreciate the hours a lot more uh and looking outside in or maybe at a very junior level you aren't able to have the same level of interaction with a client to really understand or appreciate why you are putting in so many hours because you're just doing the grunt work you're the monkey at the bottom of the chain uh, so it's important i think for everyone in the industry to to keep the junior members of the team more aware of exactly how much uh value they add in in the in the entire process even if it's something as routine and simple as you know update this price chart too often in the pressure of it you know you'll get an email from your vp or your or your md or something like please update all these numbers to to be reflective of today's date and you'll do that and you'll send it back and you don't know the the head of it the tail of it so you just feel like mess hola ghante i'm just like running uh circles so keeping them aware about it helps helps everyone feel involved when you when you feel involved when you feel involved with the with the deal that is taking place when you feel involved with what your client's expectations are then you're able to appreciate you know those hours having said that would obviously appreciate fewer hours of work i think in general all of us would do that uh to answer your second question how do i manage my time not well uh <laughs> is the gist of it but it's important for your own well-being mental and physical that you try and pull out one hour sometime in the day uh i do it in the morning before i kind of open my laptop or log in before all of that i'll try and uh do some meditation you could work out you could do whatever you want to do at that time make that make that very much your me time and then after that i'll spend half an hour or so before i kind of officially tell that i'm on to just go through my emails and prepare myself for the day you know what are the burning items what are the key things that i need to get cleared out so i'll it'll just like help me feel like i'm more in control of the day that's going to come out because sometimes you can feel like that day is just going to run away from you yeah you right man like managing time especially like i have some uh, friends who are you know current uh, investment bankers and in boutique banks and they're never free <laughs> they're never free <laughs> never free for a call and you know that's that's what it is and there's a you know famous saying in wall street you know the first 20 in 20 so uh, basically that's you know gaining your first 20 pounds in the first 20 weeks into investment banking so that's how tough it is and given you know uh, okay given the current volumes of you know deals that have been there in india right you know 16 uh, startups have become unicorns till now right and there's a lot more to it for sure so what is your i mean of course your work load uh, like has your work load increased a and b what is your view on the future of india as a whole so within investment banking generally your workload will increase when you have these amazing years like this where there's a lot of lot of market activity whether the more mature firms like uh, zomato etc are, are tapping the public markets and then the next in line firms are trying to get their valuations up to the level for the setting themselves up for the next stage of growth so you know it's a the workload will increase but it's more exciting because you are you are dealing with absolutely new companies new age economies different business models a chance to really rewrite the the structure of the indian industry as a whole uh how do i feel about india so i am perpetually bullish on india like a lot of other people are um 
in general, I, I, I do believe that we are very well poised to continue to grow. And not just from a broad level, but even in specific instances and specific industries. So we look at it from both angles. From a broad level, we've had a bit of hiccup in the last year, last two years, of course, one of it due to COVID, maybe some of the others because of gradual slowing down. But there's a lot of favorable tailwinds that are going to kick in. We have extremely, we have a population demographic that people call as population dividend sometimes. You know, these people are going to go out there, they're going to play games, they're going to buy scooters, they're going to buy air conditions, air conditioning and so forth. And that's just going to, you know, increase consumption. These same people are going to need money to borrow, to buy their homes and so forth. That helps in your financial services. And the deal, and as long as we're able to tap that dividend, which a large number of startups are doing, they're focused on this. You know, they're focused on trying to ensure that that gap is addressed, that we are able to tap into this huge market, this so underpenetrated market. Think about it from, you know, just think 10 years ago, uh, our internet penetration was so low and then all the telecos, especially kind of spurred on by Reliance Geo, felt that, you know, there's an opportunity to bring cheaper data to a wide mass. And that has spurred in itself so many other economies from payments to ordering to, uh, you know, companies like Urban Company or Zomato or Swiggy to now almost everything and anything is on the Indian internet economy. And that's penetrating further and further. There's still so much for us to get to. There's so many people in this country to tap. And that's where fintechs are also coming in. They're able to lend digitally. They're able to acquire customers digitally. We have uh, wealth management platforms like Zerodha, Paytm Money, which are completely digital. So, so it's a very good story that's moving forward. And, and it's definitely we're at that point where the sands are shifting on how India is and i think the next 10 15 years is going to be both critical and exciting yeah pretty pretty well summed up you know at the end and yeah i totally agree with you so what what i feel is that you know uh, india is going to be the next uh, us probably you know given given the amount of you know startups that are you know growing from here and the entrepreneurial mindset of people so for sure it's coming and uh, there was also an, you know, uh, uh-huh. personally i just don't like this dialogue you know india is going to be the next us or paytm is going to be the next amazon india is going to be the next india and these startups are going to be their own stories because there's a huge difference between us and other countries and even within professional circles you'll try and pitch an idea like look at this company, it's going to be the next uh, Alibaba or something like that. That's not true. There's a difference in how China and companies in China will operate and there's a difference how the US companies will operate. There's a huge difference in how consumers behave in all of these countries. And countries and companies in our country operate to solve our problems. And those are the ones which have been more successful are the ones which have tried to identify how the problems are in our country and how they will solve for this market because it's a different ball game in each country you know i can't take the same model and replicate it in bangladesh or in malaysia or indonesia things change i mean within india things change if you go from the north of the country to the south of the country to the west to the east sometimes between states between cities are in mumbai pune may difference so there's so much to solve over here india is going to be its own kind of story China was its own story. It's grown and developed in its own way. Japan developed in its own way. The Eurozone developed in its own way. They all had their own character. And of course, the US developed in its own way. And now the real thing is in the next 10, 15 years, how is India going to develop? What's going to be the Indian way? Wow, Sajal. I'm actually pretty you know, motivated now hearing that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Okay, now coming to a whole new different topic. Okay. Okay, so I'm pretty sure that you are aware of this and it's also backed by a plethora of confessions, yeah, articles and also a recent hot star series, uh, which is named Industry, about investment banking. It displayed the bankers, you know, 
doing lines and lines of cocaine right and other stuff so i mean <laughs> why, why do you think you know cocaine is associated so and it, this is been prevalent just like many years you know you see wolf of wall street i mean that's the theater right but even wall street bankers have actually confessed in you know bloomberg and other channels you know that they do such stuff so why do you think cocaine is associated so much with investment bankers i i frankly don't know in my experience i have definitely not come across anyone using recreational drugs like that but i i think cocaine is just something that is is it's a little more in general i found that the industry is very opaque investment banking and and from the outside in it both looks glamorous and like uh kind of arcane and these are people sitting on top of a lot of money they're doing different unique things they're controlling the strings you know they're doing lines of coke or whatever and that's you know it makes for really good television and stuff i would say that people probably do take uh um performance enhancement medication you know to stay more alert and so forth but i don't generally think people are 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 uh, doing lines of coke or heroin or whatever you know uh so some of these confessions you know they stand out a lot more so if there's like a thousand professionals if one person makes a confession it like it gets picked up and then you have a bias that oh you know everyone's kind of doing it also it's 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 really cool to say sometimes the media loves to talk about those investment bankers or you know wall street is doing this when in fact you know so many so such few bulge bracket banks are actually headquartered at wall street now they've all moved a little bit left or right from that street so uh similarly you can say the same thing about the lal street in mumbai not many of us are actually headquartered over there but but the dialogue would be wall street versus main street and these guys are being uh are doing cocaine over there and also handling your money <laughs> when in fact maybe one or two of them would be doing that recreational drug and uh, i don't know uh, they do definitely handle your money though that is true <laughs> that part is true i'm pretty sure you know the per- performance enhancing uh, enhancing substances that you mentioned uh in the indian banks they might be using uh, which is very close to our hearts as indians which is chai <laughs> i'm pretty sure they might be uh, doing that yeah, yeah. chai chai sutta is is uh, is i think it's necessary yeah it is it is uh, <laughs> so yeah that was a great answer sir that was a tough question honestly like like i mean um, you know so a great answer sajil um okay this is one more topic that i wanted to cover so climate change you know um and recently i've been in touch with the garp which is the global association for risk professionals and they have a whole podcast you know related to climate risk in finance in business in general right they have a whole podcast for that and people are actually you know uh, factoring in climate change uh, in their investment decisions so um how does climate change factor into your risk assessment for current and new investments if so how and why so you know it's it's a this is a real jump from doing lines of cocaine to climate change <laughs> but so climate change is definitely a very serious serious topic so i'll give it the due respect that it deserves because it's something that affects all of us and more and more uh, globally and within our country we are seeing that uh, investors and companies are very very aware of their impact on all stakeholders whether it's climate or it is socio economic india actually i would say is one of the countries which is a little bit ahead of the game in that we have always had um, disclosure requirements when it's come to how companies especially listed companies and so forth deal with their csr activities and so forth now what we are seeing more and and you know what has been picked up a lot is having very very concrete mandates to investment managers which prevents them or uh penalizes them or just straights up you know just stops them from investing in companies where they feel 
these companies are not doing their bit for climate change and you know when it comes from the people with the money then it will flow down to the people who need the money so overall i think that's that's a big thing that we're seeing i'm seeing more and more uh, professionals across the industry talk about climate change we are seeing that be a question that is asked by our clients or uh, or investors you know how is the how is how green are these guys um, we also have specific funds across the country now that and across the world that are only investing in uh, carbon neutral or carbon positive uh, franchises that are trying to build a portfolio of esg uh unsustainable businesses and that's also some part of it is also there in our uh, mutual funds so all of this this is very good can it be sped up can it can it happen faster of course i think we all need to act with a lot more urgency on this but uh, it's good that concrete steps are taking place instead of just uh, talking about it and that's 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 the important yeah i mean i think it should be factored in because you know it it you know the markets may not be reflecting it uh, that uh, you know now but you know gradually down the line i'm pretty sure you know uh, it it will uh, give a huge effect huge impact for sure um okay so this one's for uh, every young professional including me and you <laughs> so for for a new professional right what is your advice you know when when they get the first salary uh, in their bank right so what is your advice on how they can manage their personal finance i know that you are not a personal finance advisor or a, you know you're into personal finance but i'm pretty sure you know a bit of finance right so what what is your advice yeah uh, a little bit i know a little bit of finance <laughs> yeah so what what's what's your advice on any young professional you know starting his or her career out and you know how can they save up for achieving that long term financial stability irrespective of you know uh, the condition of the economy you know they they are secure so how can they achieve that first month salary please just you know enjoy enjoy that one you know you can start saving from the second month so first month uh, go out have fun buy something you always wanted to but felt you know a little bit like this is a superfluous expense go buy that uh make it feel good uh and do that each time you get a raise or a hike so so it's important to treat yourself that is definitely how our generation thinks i feel <laughs> uh second month on i would say how do you manage your finances uh <laughs> it's easier now than ever uh because of the fact that you can do it from home i remember the days when you i'm not that old but i used to go with my father uh when you had to go physically to the bank and do this and that and spend an entire afternoon in the sun and so forth and now you can just do it all online so there's really no excuse for you not doing it you know get involved it's your money you worked hard for it get involved figure out what's good trust someone but not fully because there's always some some selling pressure or something else so stay aware you know always stay aware of your finances but get involved get involved with your money because that's that opens up so many keys you know tomorrow or like 4 years down the line you want to take a sabbatical you want to climb the himalayas you want to do something else you want to give your startup a shot you're going to have the confidence to do that only after you have some kind of safety net to fall back on so if you don't get involved in your own money then you are just denying yourself all of these pleasures of life that true freedom which comes from from being able to have that safety net so make sure that you're involved in it make sure you're building on it uh and there's so many tools online for you to review for you to see talk to your friends talk to some advisors uh watch youtube videos there's webinars and webinars and the smallest personal finance things are definitely not even that difficult uh buying buying health insurance or life insurance or or investing in a mutual fund these aren't these aren't rocket science you've learned these things don't get daunted by it go ahead dive in take it slowly but 
you're giving yourself that luxury of freedom by doing that very well said sajal and and i'm pretty sure you know all the young professionals including me you know will take your advice into account and you know we'll proceed accordingly so coming into investments yeah so i have interacted with a lot of people recently you know regarding you know investing and uh, yeah and you know achieving that uh, financial freedom so uh, honestly a lot of people are like you know we don't have the time to you know uh, fundamentally or technically analyze stocks so what uh, and i i know that there are mutual funds and index funds that they can invest in and there are a lot of positive and negative views on these type of funds right so what what according to you like how do you look at these traditional investment vehicles or for the people who don't have the time uh, uh, to actually you know uh, study or learn uh, fundamental or technical analysis uh, so yeah what what is your advice for them so i love traditional uh, vehicles such as mutual funds and so forth i mean if i if i need a surgery i don't do it myself do i i go to a doctor so these are trained financial professionals who are going to manage your money if you are if you have a full time job which is not in finance or something like that or even if it is in finance uh then how will you ever find the time to actively monitor the stocks that you own or the assets that you own it's a full time job just doing a fundamental analysis of one company or a sector is going to take you upwards of a week or something like that if you're trying to do it really well and thankfully uh, sebi and the rest of the mutual fund industry has made it so easy and they have continued to keep the cost so low especially now with direct brokerage and so forth that you're not even paying a bomb for this kind of service so go ahead uh, ease your mind you don't you don't try and perform uh, a kidney stone removal on yourself so uh, let the professionals manage it and if you're really interested in the stock exchange and you want to manage it actively yourself then you've got to give it the time it deserves because otherwise you will lose money and then you will not feel like uh, managing your wealth yeah you're you're absolutely spot on on that answer sajal um so you know coming to also also the young people you know there's this problem with everybody including me you know we want to uh, become a billionaire tomorrow right we we want quick money right so we are pretty impatient i'm pretty sure that is you know uh, in in most of us right um so and and people don't actually understand the beauty of these uh, traditional vehicles that you said you know leave it to the experts so i was actually reading upon mutual funds and uh, you know a lot of young people you know they were they were like cursing mutual funds they're like are yaar isse zyada to main you know apne intraday trades mein kama leta hu jitna ye log dete hain and stuff like that so i'm like okay cool but you know if you actually consider the long term you know the returns of a mutual fund are exponential and i was actually i i used an online sip calculator if i keep it very simple right if i just invest 5000 every month you know in a mutual fund you know be it be it a, you know any fund that i choose after my analysis i'll actually get uh, you know at the end of 30 years you know my investment horizon is too long at the end of 30 years i'll i'll have like 3.5 cr in hand and you know considering inflation and everything you know i can still you know uh, it's i I'll, i can retire and i can not do anything and i'll still be like uh, secured for 10 years so that 10 or 15 years maybe you know that's how depending on my expenditure obviously so that's how beautiful these vehicles are and uh, people also talk about fds right i mean that's that's a separate uh, topic so what what are your views on fds fixed deposits that commer- uh, that retail banks offer those type of you know that are not market related at all so first i'll say that you know uh, this thought process that are my intraday me zyada kamma leta hu wait for that one big crash and see where your capital completely wipes out and then wonder you know uh, waking up the next day you it takes a lot of emotional energy to to get back into it and then try to recoup recoup your losses and then also some and like i said you can't do intraday trading if you've got a full time occupation and you 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 are not super keen on finance this is a small sect of people who already understand this 
part and for them maybe it's fine you know it's a passion and it's it's a vocation or maybe it's it's something that they understand but what if you're a marketing professional or you're a you know budding writer or something like that or you are uh, in the hospitality industry you're not going to spend uh, 9 to 3:30 of every day looking at your open positions so so there's no point right for you to get involved in this and then listen to your friends who are like are i can make more money in intraday trading versus a mutual fund so build your horizon long forget about this this is a small sector people that obviously are able to make uh money through you know that is their skill probably let's really see what their long term returns are like rather than the last one year when lots of people have been sitting at home and trading and you know making a lot of money i want to see what they'll be doing 10 years from now uh your mutual fund hopefully 10 years from now will also be good and so would your fixed deposit uh these non market related items i think there's a point in time or in life or within your personal uh risk taking capabilities which you can discuss with some financial advisor where it would be worthwhile for you to invest in so i would say that each just by the law of elimination if there's nothing else our world is extremely efficient to some level right everything that isn't needed is already discarded okay and i see this whenever i look at the structure of a balance sheet it might look daunting but trust me this structure is one of the more efficient ones from what we have come to after like 4 500 years so if a product like a fixed deposit exists it's because there is a need for it it is solving somebody's problem and it and it and might solve your problem so all the financial products which exist are solving some issue the point is is it solving your issue right now is it the correct investment for you and only you can really tell that and whether you need help with that to understand that you should go forward and seek an investment advisor or do your own research yeah very well said uh, you know uh, sajal and i i really respect your thoughts and you know your answers throughout this podcast So Sajal it was great having you and I absolutely enjoyed it I'm sure I'm I'm 100% sure that people are going to enjoy this podcast and this is the end of the podcast guys have a great day thank you Sajal for your time thank you Arjun really enjoyed it really enjoyed it thanks